Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode You guys have just me this week, and I am going to be sharing in detail our debt-free journey timeline and our specific numbers the best that I can. Um, I'll explain more about that in a minute. Before we jump into this episode, I want to take just a second to mention my digital budgeting system, which is basically my new way that I organize and set up my budget. It has grown from when I first started my journey, literally just handwriting my budget on notebook paper. And that grew into a few typed and printed, but still handwritten worksheets. And then that grew to Google Sheets and something that I made myself. And then my friend Megan and I adapted that into what is now the digital budgeting system. And it is all set up through Google Sheets. Everything is formulated and automated and color coordinated and beautiful. And it really takes so much of the setup and design and formula work out of it for you where you can go in and just plug your numbers in, plug your bills in, plug your categories in and all of that basic stuff and it's ready to go. It's really like a plug and play kind of thing and it's so simple, it's so beautiful and it is only $20 you guys. So if you are like at the beginning of your journey and you have nothing set up yet for your budget, this is perfect for you. Or if you're farther into your journey like I was when I started using this product because, you know, I was just using my own not formulated, not color coordinated um, Google Sheets before Megan brought her genius into this. um, And it works for me as well. So, It will work for you if you are a beginner or if you are several years into your journey and everyone in between. Um, And the fact that it is only $20 is insane. And we are giving you any free updates, any free upgrades as we go. It will probably increase in price as we go on. But, you know, we're just starting out with this. So anyway, I will link to it in the show notes if you're not familiar with it. It's amazing. I'm obsessed with it. Um, you can also go to a sunnysideuplife.com slash budgeting, and that's where it'll be. Or you can see the products link at the top of my website, and you'll see it in that um, drop-down menu as well. Um, so I really wanted to make sure to mention that as we go into this, uh, because the whole reason why I thought to record this episode and do this topic was because I was a guest expert speaker um, in my friend Allie Williams' group the other day. She does a coach group coaching experience, and it is like 
is so amazing and she really digs in with her clients and goes into, you know, actually helping them set up their budgets and answering questions they have and giving them one-on-one attention. And she brings in guest experts to coach in a group setting and a very intimate group setting. And anyway, so this past week I was the guest for her group and it was so fun. It was really the most fun interview that maybe I've ever done, um, definitely that I've done in a long time. I haven't really done a lot of interviews lately. And I've been interviewing for my podcast. Um, and so I just really got off the call, really fired up, really energized, and so excited just about everything. And really excited about my worksheets. Um, the main reason why she brought me on was to share and do like a screen share and show inside of the worksheets and explain to her group how to set them up and all that stuff. Um, And she also had me answer some questions that her group had and they they were great questions. And one of the questions was, you know, how long did it take them to pay off their debt? And how long did it take the not real estate part? And what exactly did our timeline look like? How long did it did it take? And so that led me to thinking that it would be a great topic, which I know I have mentioned here and there over time, you know, our numbers and our timeline and things like that, but I haven't done an episode specifically for that. So here we are with that topic. And on a really exciting note, you guys, this episode will push us over the 100,000 download mark. At the time of recording this, I am 13 downloads short. I was really hoping that when I popped on to record this um, the night before it goes live that I would be over the 100,000 and I could be like, yay, we're hitting 100,000. But one of you guys listening to this well, 13 of you, are going to be the ones that push this podcast over 100,000 downloads. And that is magical. So you listening to this right now might be that person that pushes it over 100,000. That literally gives me butterflies and goosebumps like all at the same time. Um, It's just so exciting. And I really wanted to do something special for this episode. And to me, that meant really reflecting on how far we've come and inspiring you guys that whether that be starting at zero downloads of a podcast and getting to 100,000 in a year and a half or paying off debt, you know, getting to zero debt paid off to 100,000 debt paid off, or whatever it is, starting from zero and growing to a number that blows your mind, that is so monumental, and just crushing goals. That is what it is about here. Whether that goal is paying off debt or saving money or um, a, a health goal or a fitness goal or a business goal or a relationship goal, whatever it is, if it's all of those, um, that's what this is about. And this is about sharing that positive energy because we all know that positivity breeds positivity. And we all have those people, those events, those 
um, types of media, like whether that's a podcast or TV show or music or book or whatever it is, that is so positively charged that we leave feeling even more positive. Um, and that's that's exactly how I felt when I got off my call with Allie. It just from it just lights me up to share our story, you know, and to share something that I've worked so hard on um, as far as our personal journey and then also like sharing the worksheets and and showing people how they can go through the journey that we have gone through, like how to actually do it, how to actually plug in your spending categories and why it matters that you track your groceries, how you can go from something as seemingly arbitrary as tracking your groceries to becoming debt-free from $490,000 and how those dots actually do connect and how you can take something like a worksheet, (laughs) a Google sheet with some formulas plugged into it and it can literally change your entire life. Not just your entire life, your partner's entire life, your children, your extended family, your friends, anyone that comes in contact with you. Do you realize the spillover effect that will happen when you not only embark on a journey of this proportion, but actually conquer it? That's insane. The spillover, the trickle-down effect that that will have. And that just lights me up. And that is so positively charged for me that I have to pass that positivity and that energy on to you guys and I have to share our, our story. Um, so, okay, so <laughs> let's let's get into, I get all sentimental and, and then I ramble and then I get excited and you guys know, you guys know how I am. Um, so the original question was how much of their debt was not real estate? So, we did a lot of our debt was real estate um we did have two houses and a piece of raw commercial land by raw land i mean it was just empty land um and i actually it, it was i had bought it as a business investment and it was residential land and i went and did all of the um zoning and did the whole like i had to go to like city hall like t- um meetings and fill out paperwork and pay st- pay go to a lawyer do all this stuff to get it zoned commercial um there was a house on it we had the house moved we had um trees removed and all this to increase the value of the property and change the zoning to commercial to up the value. And it was this whole business investment. And um, I literally closed on the deal the day um, the day that I finished college, not graduated, but like my last day of class was the day I later that afternoon I went to the closing for this property. So this was like the beginning of my entrepreneurial life um and i was like uh eight or ten weeks pregnant with june and you know i was gonna be like this corporate like not corporate but you know like this business tycoon 
mom and I was going to do all these things. And that's, that's stories for another day. Um, that was before I met my daughter and my entire life changed. Um, but this was like my first business adventure and this is what I was going to do. And I minored in entrepreneurialism. I took a lot of business classes and, you know, um, so that commercial land was 68 thousand of our debt. I bought it for like 80-ish, 85. I can't even remember because it's been so many years ago. Um, and we, we paid it, we paid it down quite a bit. We owned it for, I feel like four or five years. And the majority of that time it was for sale because my, my plan was I was either going to put a business on it. I was going to build on it and like sublease the, you know, the storefronts. And I couldn't get approved for the loan because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. (laughs) I didn't have money in savings. Um, And I thought I was just going to like get a small business loan and it was all going to magically work out. And I had no idea what I was doing. And then I was like, okay, I can't do that. So I'm just going to flip the property. I'm going to make this percentage. It took years. In the long run, we actually did not make a profit because we paid 600 and something dollars a month for like four or five years, plus the property taxes, plus, you know, all the legal fees and the um, survey and blah, blah, blah. So we actually, in the long run, lost money. But when we sold it, we still owed about 68000 on it. And we paid off that. And we did have some leftover, which I'll talk about in a minute when I talk about our timeline. We also had our rent house, which was our old house. We bought this house. It was a 1,600 square foot house, actually like two or three blocks over from where we live right now, and really cute house, and we bought it for $116,000, I believe, in two thousand nine. Yeah, it was right before it was right before our one year anniversary. Because you know, we're newlyweds and we have to have this $100,000 house, which in our area is like an average house. It's like 1600 square feet built in the 70s. Some updates had been done. It was clean. It was it was really nice. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Um, so a really a respectable, not too crazy house for our age. And we put 5% down and we had really bad terms. We had a balloon. Um, I don't even remember all of our terms. It was not great terms. We had no idea what we were doing. And we were so desperate that we were just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll agree to these terms. And we didn't even shop around for a mortgage. We just went to the same bank that our family had always banked with. Uh, (laughs) And we bought this house. And that was where June was born. She, She, we lived there with her until she was like, Uh, six months old, maybe five months old, something like that. And that house, let's see, ended up, we owed, at the time that I started tracking this, we owed about 99,000 on it. So it was like 116,000 
in 2009, 5,000 of that was the down payment, or five-ish thousand was the down payment to 2015, 14, when I added up our debt, we were only down to 99,000. <laughs> we had not made very much progress. It was not a good investment at all. Um, so then our family home, the house that my parents built to be their forever home before my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And my dad was a home builder and he built their forever home. And then he got sick and my mom lived there for a while, long story short. And it was a ginormous house, like 3,200 square feet, um, four four bedrooms and an office that we used as a fifth bedroom, two and a half bathrooms, like a, a living room that was the size of like a freaking basketball court or something. Like it was, it was big. And my mom was either considering selling it or letting us take over payments on the house. And so that's what we did to keep the house in the family, which you can imagine there were so many emotions tied up in that, not just the financial aspects, but like, I hate to say guilt, but guilt for the lack of a better word. Nobody really guilted us. We let, we let it kind of guilt us. I don't really know how to explain that any better. We like took on that burden. Like we, no one really specifically asked us to. My mom asked us if we wanted to, and we did. But it was a gorgeous house and we were taking over paint we were taking over payments and they had built it themselves. So they had a lot of equity in it. They didn't owe near as much as what it was worth. And so it seemed like a no-brainer. <sighs> the problem was was that our debt to income ratio was so upside down was so I mean everything was a disaster we had no savings we uh, on paper could not afford this house because we still had our other house um we had my land at this point too and we had a nearly $900 a month truck payment we had credit cards um, it, you know, our debt to income was insane. Our credit scores were like, I don't even know, traumatic because we couldn't, you know, keep up. So we were paying payments late. It was all over the place. And the original plan was to, was to technically buy the house from my mom, do the whole closing, do the paperwork, everything. And we were going to buy it for 280 was originally what it was, 280000 And it was just this long thing. We couldn't get approved. We couldn't get approved. We kept trying over the course of years, multiple years. We took over the payments for her. We took over everything for her. But yet she had made no profit. Um, so we slow, like, it's really confusing, but we slowly worked out a deal with her to give her some of her equity and we paid towards the principal 
And by the time we ended up selling it, we ended up owing about 265, I believe, off of like 280 when we first started. And we sold it still in my mother's name, um, which I haven't really talked a lot about that because it's really hard to explain in like an Instagram post or something. So when we sold it, we technically sold it in her name, but we had a contract with her somewhere along the lines of these years when we couldn't get approved. And she's like, okay, well, we'll just do like a signed like contract of where you're taking over payments. And so the property taxes were in our name, the insurance was in our name, and we had, oh, the, the term escapes me at the moment. Oh gosh, what is that term? Goodness, I cannot remember. Um, but we had a contract with her basically where we, we took over ownership and it was like a le like a like a lease to own kind of thing. I think there was a proper term for that. And so when we technically sold when we sold it, it was technically in her name, but the three of us, my mother, myself, and Daniel, had to go into the closing and we all three had to sign paperwork because we were all kind of like in this really tangled web of ownership of this house. So when everything was said and done with the house, I think we walked away with maybe 5,000, maybe. My mom had got part of her equity back. I, I She got a, a bigger part than that. I can't remember exactly. And we walked away with about 5,000. And honestly, just being out from underneath of not only the the debt, um, but the tangled web with my mother and having her credit tied up in this because obviously she couldn't buy anything because she was like her name was on this and it was just so much. It was so messy money wise it was messy like emotionally and with our relationship with her and it was a mess on our end it was a mess on her end neither one of us came out great in the end um it was hard to sell it obviously because of all of the dreams that went into this place and there was so much. I, I think I've done a podcast on the house. I know I did a blog. Maybe it was a YouTube. I don't know. If you go to my, if you're interested to know more about that story. Oh yeah, it was, it was a, it was a YouTube video and a blog. You can go to my blog archives and you can search for like house or something like that. And you'll find it um, where I talk about it a little more. We were actually still in the house when I made that video. So Okay, so let's recap. So we were, the commercial property was 68,000, the rent house was 99, and the big house was 280 at the time of when we first added up our debt from our, you know, our 490,000 that I talk about all the time. So then, uh, so that was all of our real estate and we sold all of it. We did, you know, chip away at the principals a little bit over the years. Um, and then we ultimately sold all three of them and moved into a rent house, which is where we still are currently. Okay, so our smaller debt, and again, like I, 
if I ever post, like I've posted this a couple times on Instagram and I always kind of put like an asterisk at the bottom. These are rounded numbers, you guys. These are estimated numbers. I don't know the exact to the dollar amounts because for one, we were like three or four months into our journey before I even added up our debt. And I also didn't like have a, like a debt payoff calculator or like a fancy spreadsheet or, you know, stuff like a lot of people have because I had no intention of like, in, of sharing this journey. I had no idea if this would actually work. I was literally just making this up as I was going along. So I didn't keep 100% accurate records because I had no idea I was going to be sharing this like six years later. So these are estimated and they're rounded. Um, and that's the best of my going back to looking at records that I've found. It adds up to roughly 490000 So our medical bills Okay, so when we first started our journey, I guess I'll kind of do the timeline tied into the amounts. And obviously I'm doing this in a really weird order, but hey, hopefully you're following my train of thought here. Our smaller debts, so let's talk about medical bills. We had um, eight medical bills that I know specifically and they totaled up to about $2,000. And those were Izzy's bills from when she was born and like her first, um, there, there was like for her hearing test when she was in the hospital, like that when she was first born, like that was a separate bill, you know, all those little things that add up. So when we first started budgeting, Izzy was about nine months old and um, now she's six. So there you go. Um, and we, so she was nine months old and we still owed about $2,000 worth of her bills from being born. (laughs) That is how messy things were. And what is crazy is that the night that I added up our debt in January of 2015, our three smallest bills, because I did somewhat of a debt snowball, where I started with our smallest balances and I paid off the smallest balances and then um, went to, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And our three smallest bills totaled up to like $100, like $120, like our three smallest debts. And they were they were medical bills. It was like one of them was $8. We owed, it was just a remainder of a bill that kept getting stashed in a drawer and we owed $8 on it. And so like talk about like motivation that first night. I was like, oh, I could just like pay off these three smallest bills. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> and that was how, that was the beginning of my debt snowball was super motivating. Um, so another part of our small-ish debt was property taxes and IRS. So not only like did we own these three pieces of real estate that we struggled to pay the monthly payments on, we also could not afford the property taxes. And we had property taxes that were three or I think one of the properties might have even been four years behind um, on property taxes. So like three to four years behind on three pieces of real estate. And 
I had, oh my gosh, I was, I had payment plans and I would screw up the payment plans and I'd have to go in to the county office and I would have to like set up another payment plan and like sign another contract agreement thing. And then I would, it was like, it was so embarrassing and so it was such a mess. And, um, so that was a big chunk. That was 14,000 total. Plus a little bit of that. I think like a thousand or two of that was IRS debt um, on, I believe it was like income tax that we didn't file properly from me, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur, not knowing what the hell I was doing. Um, I didn't claim some income or something. And then the IRS found out and long story. So basically we owed the government like $14,000. Then credit cards. So we had three credit cards and they totaled 14,000. And again, this was after we started tracking our debt in January of 2015. So like three or four months later. Then we also had what I just chalk up to small miscellaneous debts. Like I told you, I didn't keep exact records. So we had about $6,000 worth of money that we owed our family. And we had, I think like two other small credit cards that we paid off with um, Daniel's, Daniel worked like Christmas and New Year's that year. So he had like extra holiday pay. Um, so if you're doing the timeline here, it was like October, we started our budget he works over Christmas and New Year's. And then later in January, we actually added up our debt. So with that holiday pay in there in December, I actually went and paid off two, I think, or maybe three small credit cards. That was like a Home Depot card where we had bought our washer and dryer and it was like $1,000 or 1500 or something like that. Um, and then there was another small credit card that I think was like just random crap that we had bought. And we owed our family some money, different stuff. Like I said, like we were all tangled up with my mom, with the house and all this stuff. So that was about 6,000 of just random miscellaneous debt. Then, <laughs> then our timeline, it's January, 2015. We add up our debt and February 2015, I find out that I'm pregnant with Melanie. Yeah. Um, a few months into our journey. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like we've made a couple of months progress. You know, we knocked out those couple little miscellaneous debts and we had knocked out several medical bills already. And I was just so motivated, feeling great. I was like, maybe this is the time we're going to turn it around. Because, you know, like a lot of people, like we had tried to budget before. And I say the term budgeting very lightly. <laughs> we had tried to get our act together before. And we would like get bored or we'd just be like, this is really complicated. Never mind. And we would quit. And I was just like so sure that that was the time that we were actually going to get it together. And then I got pregnant and I was just devastated. I literally, I feel terrible saying that now because obviously I love my daughter more than anything. 
Um, but I was really devastated to be pregnant because June and Izzy were planned. I mean, they were very planned and Melanie was not. She was their surprise. And I'm, I'm so grateful for her and that I'm grateful that she was a surprise. But you can imagine, you know, the monkey wrench in our, our plans. So then we took on her medical bills and um, all of that that came with having another baby. And that was about another 7000 So that totals up to our rough estimate of 490000 So 2000 on medical, 14000 in taxes and IRS, 14000 in credit and big credit cards, 7000 for Melanie, <laughs> um, and 6000 for our small miscellaneous debts, 68000 for the property, 99000 for the small house, 280000 for the big house. Um, and I mentioned earlier that our truck payment was like nearly 900 It was like eight something and we rounded it up to nine because, you know, we were so financially savvy and we were just going to pay it off so fast. <laughs> and that little bit of rounding up got us I think we paid it off like two months earlier, something stupid. Um, we actually had, we had um, just paid that off when we started. Uh, so we paid that off somewhere between the time that Izzy was born and starting budgeting in that nine months. It was somewhere in that nine months. I think it was like April. I feel like it was like April or May or something. Um, and... The thing was, what is so ironic, which I could probably do a whole episode on that or like I need to do like an Instagram post about that, but we were so sure. We paid on that truck for I think six years and I can't suddenly do math in my head. I think it was about six years, five years. It was a really long time. It was, I mean, we bought this truck with like 12 or 13 miles on it. It was brand spanking new. It was insanely expensive. And the thing was, was all those years, which you guys probably have said this, as soon as the trucks paid off, we'll be good. Anyone? Anyone? Yes. As soon as the trucks paid off, like we'll be fine because we'll have that extra eight, $900 a month, right? And then we'll be good. Like we're only struggling because we have this truck payment. And then guess what happened? We paid the truck off and we're supposed to all of a sudden have this extra eight or $900 without a budget. What happened to that money? I have no freaking idea. That's what happened to that money. Literally for about six ish months before we started budgeting. We wasted what used to go to a truck payment, $900 a month for six freaking months. That just like, right, oh, just saying that makes me want to throw up. But that was, it's the truth. And we were so confident that the truck was our problem. Well, we bought too expensive of a truck. We knew we did. We knew we were upside down on it. We tried to like, oh, we're just going to trade it in. We're gonna, no, we couldn't like. We couldn't even get, get out from under it. It was a f stupid, stupid purchase. Um, 
And we were so sure that that truck payment was the problem. That was, that payment was what was standing between us and financial success. But without a budget, that money disappeared, literally disappeared. And a lot of that was like that anger of, of realizing that, realizing that we were somehow still wasting that money. That anger was a lot of what fueled me to finally start. We had hit rock bottom so many times and we were like, well, as soon as the truck's paid off, as soon as the truck's paid off. And, you know, so when we actually started budgeting in October, 2014, um, and we started to, you know, kind of chip away at those small random debts. And then we actually added up our debt in January. We started chipping away at medical bills. Then we found out that we were pregnant with Mel. (laughs) We made a timeline and we kind of did the math and we didn't pause our debt snowball for a little while. So a lot of people, when they have something unexpected come up, you know, like a pregnancy that you didn't plan or like a big move or like you lose a job or something unexpected, a lot of people will pause their debt payoff and they'll just stack cash. Like they'll just save and like a baby fund or a moving fund or whatever. We actually waited a few months. We kind of did the math. We planned it out. And we kept chipping away at some of those smaller debts for a few more months. And then we kind of, we saved a little bit um, so Daniel could take an extra week off work, which we were not able to do with the other girls, which was insane. Um, He went to work when June was eight days old and when Izzy, I think, was three days old because we couldn't afford for him to stay home any longer. But with Melanie, he was actually home his entire three weeks, his normal three weeks, and then an extra week. So he was actually home (laughs) until she was like four weeks old, which is an insane huge difference in newborn time. (laughs) Um, So we actually saved that money so he could take an extra week off. And we did save a little bit towards, I mean, obviously there were parts of like for the doctor and things that we had to pay up front, we saved for that. And then we um, took on, you know, the extra debt of the hospital bills and the rest of the doctor bills and things like that. Um, so that's February 2015. April 2016, we sold the land. Finally, I prayed and cried so many nights And we sold it in April 2016. And the really cool thing is now, which it's four years later, the people who bought it are, they were, um, it was two guys that are in the gas station business in our town. And they own like a good chunk of the gas stations in our town. And being around them, like we went out to lunch with them. We had a couple meetings with them and stuff. Um, leading up to them actually purchasing the land and the way that these guys threw around money was like insane I'm sitting here thinking okay I'm about to sell this land I'm gonna pay off this $68,000 worth of debt like I in my head I felt like I'm balling like I am (laughs) doing great like I'm a year into my debt-free journey I'm like knocking stuff out it's going great 
um, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so legit, like I'm selling real estate. And then like, I go to lunch with these two like gas station tycoon guys. And oh man, like they had just so much money that it was insane. Um, really nice guys, like really, it was really motivating actually for me. And now four years later, they're actually finally building a gas station there. And so we were really, we're really excited to like go into that gas station. So that's just tangent. Um, so we sold that, we paid off the balance, we were able to, we, we sold it for enough over what we owed that we were able to pull our entire $20,000 emergency fund, which was our, I think it was like five to six months worth of expenses at the time because we still had the other houses. And we were able to cash flow my Suburban for 13000 which was crazy. We were also able to pay off um, the very last consumer debt, which was our Discover card. And it was, I think like 9,000 when we finally paid it off. And that was our last consumer debt. So we chopped off all of the small debts. The land sold. We chopped off the last credit card and the land. And so then we're like, bam, 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 up to all we owe is both the houses. All the other debt was paid off. Um, we had both the houses still. We had the $20,000 emergency fund and we had the cash flowed suburban in a year and a half. Crazy, crazy. Um, obviously, a lot of that was due to the fact that we sold the land. And um, I'm not ashamed of that like a lot of people are like well I mean you just sold stuff you know like you didn't actually <laughs> pay it all but we bought it in the first place and like I said earlier you know we paid on it for four or five years and in the long run we actually didn't make a profit um, so it was like a $600 a month payment that kind of turned into a really inconvenient savings account in a way. And we more or less got our money back is all that happened. Um, so maybe that wasn't a terrible um, of my first entrepreneurial real estate tycoon idea. But I going back, I wouldn't have done it again. I wouldn't have got us tied up in that much debt again. Um, and that land payment was a lot of what took our credit score down because we really, really struggled to pay it. So then moving forward after April, 2016, we kept saving. We had both the houses for sale. We live in East Texas and we do not have a strong housing market. I mean, I just told you how much our houses cost, which people in California are like dying inside right now because our houses are so cheap. But we have a really terrible housing market and literally you can have a house for sale for years and have it well-priced, have it underpriced and it will still take years to sell. It just... It, not every house is like that, but if you don't live in the most desirable neighborhood with the most, like, 
is going to take a long time usually. So we had both the houses for sale. And basically at this point, we're just playing the waiting game. And it was terrible. It was so hard. The waiting was, I, I can't even tell you the tears, the sleepless nights, the prayers, the affirmations, the journaling, the talking it out, the, oh my God, talk about like staying motivated. I mean, like motivation was like, no, like we were just hanging on to dear Lord, let this be over. You know, it was just a really rough, like waiting for the houses to sell and praying for them to sell and like trying to manifest the right buyer and man. So then it is February 2017. So almost a year later, we, like I said, we kept stacking cash and we bought our boat for $6,800. And it was our first toy. Obviously, like my Suburban, we had cash flowed, but it was our second vehicle. It was the first time that we had a second vehicle ever. Um, and you know, because we had our $900 a month truck and it was as expensive as two vehicles. So we just shared it. (laughs) I wish that was, I wish that was a joke, but it's honestly true. So our boat was our first toy. It was our first thing that we bought that we didn't need. And it was $6,800. It felt like it was like, we might as well have bought a yacht. Like we were so proud. It was insane. It was the best thing I think that we've ever bought. The thing that we got the most, the most return on our investment as far as like time used and joy and everything. Um, So we weren't 100% debt free yet when we bought this boat because we still had both of the houses but we kind of considered it like if you do follow like the Dave Ramsey baby steps, um, it's everything but your mortgage, right? So we technically had two mortgages. So we counted that as like, okay, we're going to go on to baby step three, which is saving your big emergency fund, which we already did. That was 20000 Okay, what else are we supposed to do other than just sit here and wait for these houses to sell? And like I explained earlier, we were so tangled up with my mom in the big house that it really didn't make sense financially for us to continue to pay towards the principal because she would get that profit. Um, And with our other house, again, like we weren't going to see a return on that. So there was no really reason for us to continue to pay more than more than the minimum payment. So we didn't hustle towards that. We didn't try to knock out the principal. We just kept paying the minimum payments and saving everything extra that we could at that point. And we, um, yeah, so we knew, we knew that we would lose money if we, if we paid towards that. So we cash flowed our boat and it was really scary. And it was like, are we making the right decision? Are we, being frivolous with our money? Are we like, oh, we got a little bit of cash. Now we have to waste it, you know, and we were, we were really scared if it was the right decision. Um, but we did, we ran the numbers, we made a plan and 
it made sense for us and we did it. And honestly, looking back, it was probably the best thing we've ever bought. So then it is April 2017. So this is two months later, just two short months after the boat and the rent house sold. We didn't have a profit to speak of. I am... I think we had a little, I don't even remember. We we honestly like didn't make a profit. Like after we paid fees and we did all the stuff and we owed taxes and um, we didn't like, they weren't like behind taxes, but we owed like that year because it was like, you know, it was April. So we owed four months of property taxes and we really didn't make a profit, but we were just so thankful to be out from under it. And we really took it as like a sign that God was like, okay, you're going in the right direction because it happened. Like we got the offer very, very close, like after we bought the boat. Um, and then it finally closed in April. And we really just were like, God was waiting on us to like take that leap of faith maybe and buy that boat and, you know, go into the abundant like to start thinking in abundance not scarcity and like there will be more money and leaning into our long-term goals like I tell you guys all the time like you have to make sure that your journey lines up with your long-term goals and for us that was family time that was spending time outdoors on the lake together the five of us having quality time and that's what the boat meant to us it aligned with those long-term goals um So in a way, we kind of saw that as like a little like God wink being like, yes, you're going in the right direction. Here we go. And honestly, we felt like a lot of the barrier stopping the houses from selling was that it wasn't the right time. Like in our, in our God-given timeline, he wasn't ready for us to move on to that. Like we weren't ready to go to that next phase of our journey. Like we had to take that leap of faith. We had to stay in that waiting room a little bit longer. So then it is, speaking of like taking leaps of faith, a few short months later, three months later, After the rent house sold, we were out from underneath that debt. We were out from underneath that payment. Um, We did, like, I I call it the rent house because we did have tenants um, here and there. But it, it, again, like, it didn't make a profit um, because just we had such a, we had such bad terms with our mortgage and everything that the rent paid for the house and paid for the property taxes. And that was it. Like, we didn't make a profit. Um, being landlords at all. <laughs> um, in fact, it probably cost us money because we had to do repairs and stuff to the house and we didn't have a savings account. And so we put it on credit cards and yeah. Uh, so we decided when we were out from under that, all we had left was the big house. And again, this was a huge leap of faith. This was a lot of prayer, a lot of planning, a lot of tears and hope went into this, we decided to move out of the big house and move into town where we live now in our tiny rent house. And it really all happened very just 
it was a it was such a god thing so we were doing um a lot of you know that my sister and brother-in-law are our next door neighbors and we were doing a garage sale at my sister's house because our big house was out in the country like 15 minutes out of town so we did our garage sale at her house because it's in the middle of town and um we're doing a garage sale and our landlord was over here like cleaning up our house and doing all that and I was like oh did they move out and she's like yeah and she's like oh my gosh wouldn't it be fun like if you moved in next to us like if you were our next door neighbors and I was like Danny like we can't do that you know and that house is so tiny like there's no way and she's like well you said that like you're minimalist you want to like live small you want to do this that let's just go over and I bet he'll let us look around and I said, okay. And our, my, like my husband and my brother-in-law, they were gone running errands or like doing something. And we're like, okay, we'll just go. Like, it's just the two of us. We'll just go look. So we came and looked and landlord, he was super nice. He was just in here cleaning and like, uh, like painting and like doing stuff. He's like, yeah, look around. And we came in and I was like, oh my God, this house is so small. Like even smaller than her house. <laughs> and I was like, there's no freaking way. Like there's no way. And it just like kept stirring and stirring. And then the, the guys got back and I was like, Daniel, we went over and looked at the ha that house. And I was like, you and Brandon should go and look. And they came over, they looked and he was like, I don't know, babe. He's like, I think we could do it. Like we could like, let's talk to him and see how much. And I was like, no, we can't. Da, da, da. So it's like later in the day, the garage sale's over. And he was like, I just really... Like, we need, I think we should go back and talk to him. Like, let's just go back and see how we feel when we go back again together. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> he's like, if the price is right, like, well, let's, let's consider it. We came back in and Daniel's like, I just feel like, like, if the price is like $650. And I know, like, some of you people are, like, freaking out because of how cheap our housing is. Um, that's why everyone should move to East Texas. Uh, he's like, I feel like if the price is like 650, like we're going to, we should do it. We could, we could do it. So like we did the math. We like, we went to lunch. We did the math. We did, you know, we can afford it because like we don't have the rent house payment anymore. Um, and we come in, we visit and he goes, well, he was like, so that's your sister next door. And I said, yeah. And he was like, well, he was like, I, I have a couple pe other people interested, but like for you, I would rather you have it because you'll stay longer because your sister's here and happier tenants keep the house better. And he was like, so I would really rather have you here. So maybe there won't be a quick turnaround. And he's like, I like you guys. You guys seem really nice. Um, <laughs> he was nervous about us having a dog. Little did he know our kids would do more damage to the house than the dog. Um, so he said, well, he said, for you guys, I'll do 600 a month. And Daniel literally was like, all right, I think you have yourself a deal. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, we were supposed to come ask the price and then talk about it. And he was like, "We're let, let's do it. Let's do it. And we did it. Like, we jumped. It was the, it was the craziest day. It was really, which like it has nothing to do with money, but the day before was the day that I chopped all my hair off and got my pixie haircut. 
it was a very big weekend for me, you guys. <laughs> um, we rented a house and I lost all my hair in the same weekend. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so yeah, so we, we rented the house in, um, I lost my place on my notes. Here we go. We rented the house in July, 2017. And, um, we were nervous about paying the mortgage, continuing to pay the mortgage on the big house while we rented. But math wise, the rent house that we had just sold, the payment was like 750 plus also we had the insurance, which was like a hundred. And then we had the um, property taxes, which was like 150, 200 a month. Um, so we knew that like, and we were still saving money, obviously, like on top of that. So we knew that we could afford to rent and save even more money, like save more money than we were when we were paying for both mortgages. Um, so we knew that the math would work. It seemed really crazy. A lot of people thought that we were crazy. Like, why would you do that? You're moving, you're like, you're just going to have an empty house sitting there and like you're paying to live in an even smaller, older house. Like, why? Why would you do this? Um, but we knew that it was right. And emotionally, everything that was tied up in that house, you can probably imagine just the financial burden, the the memories, the fact that it was so huge and our hearts were just leaning so much towards minimalism and so much towards we wanted to be together, close, in a, in a small house. We wanted it to be minimal. We wanted to only have one bathroom to clean instead of three. You know, it took me an hour just to clean the floors in this house. Vacuum sweep, mop, upstairs, downstairs, the actual staircase, it took me an hour just to clean the floors. Like I knew how long it took me to clean because I would have to like get ready for showings and stuff. Um, and I would have to like make a little like to-do list schedule and I would plan an hour to clean the freaking floors that I can clean my entire house in an hour now. So it just emotionally, it was time to go. And Obviously, this wasn't like an idea, a thing that we, <laughs> even though Daniel was like kind of jumped the gun, was like, okay, yeah, we'll take it. Um, there was actually a, <laughs> a lot that went into the decision. Um, but when it came down to it, he kind of just did pull the trigger and he was like, okay, quit being scared. We're, we're doing this. Um, and then in November, so we had, let's see, July, August, September, October, November, nearly five months of renting and also paying for the house while it sat empty. We got an offer. It was much lower, but it was the only offer that we had gotten. And the house was for sale for, I feel like a year and a half, two years. It was the only offer that we had gotten. We had we had quite a bit of showings, but no offers. And we took it. And it was um it was a lot less than we wanted. My mom wasn't very happy with the decision. Um, we weren't really very happy with the with the asking price. 
Um, our realtor knew the whole situation, all of the, you know, family craziness behind it. And she was like, honestly, I would take it and I would just, you know, wipe your hands of this whole deal and be done. And that's what we did. <laughs> and it finally sold in January. And so in January 2018, we became 100% debt free. We walked away with about $5,000 for us in profit. Um, and then our emergency fund was 20000 And now that we were 100% debt free, we felt comfortable of knocking our emergency fund down to fifteen. So we we bumped down our emergency fund. We had the $5,000 profit. And then we had obviously continued to save still. And then in February of 2018, we cash flowed um, the diesel truck for 25000 And we did trade in our 08 truck, um, the one that we used to pay $900 a month on. Um, so we ended up cash flowing his truck for $25,000 a month after becoming debt free because we had, you know, we had the 5,000 from knocking our emergency fund down. We had the 5,000 in profit. And then the other 15 was just money that we had just been stacking. Then in October, 2018, six months later, we cash flowed our camper, our fifth wheel for 6,900. And then a year later, um, November 2019, we cash flowed our new boat for 11000 And that was one of those we had been saving to build a house. And it was one of those moments that we were like, does this fit our long-term goals? We're not ready to be homeowners again, you guys. I mean, you guys can probably imagine being suffocated under three pieces of real estate it's we have a lot of ptsd from being real estate owners and a lot of and from being in debt and a lot of it is we're we're not ready yet we're we're getting closer to being ready but we realized that we wanted to upgrade our boat and we weren't quite ready so we you guys are hearing this before anybody else. <laughs> um, so we decided to sell our old boat and we actually just got a buyer for it. I haven't even posted about it on Instagram yet. Um, for 3,500, um, which comes out to a $3,300 loss from what we originally bought it for but we used it for three summers. So if you do the math, that's $1,100 per summer. And that's cheaper than most vacations, especially for five people. So we feel like in the long run, we did the right thing. Like I said, we feel like that was one of the best purchases we ever made. We used it for three years and only took a $3,000 loss when we turned around to resell it. And I feel like that's pretty good. Um, and so we have a buyer for that. So that will be sold. And then we won't own two boats anymore like crazy people. And yeah, so that's really where we are now. And I, I know that I just kind of like spilled my guts and threw a lot of numbers, a lot of money amounts, a lot of dates. And 
my timeline was a little all over the place. But I just really wanted to get this whole story out in one specific episode so I can direct people to this episode if they want to know about our story in an hour-long nutshell that was an almost six-year journey (laughs) and almost a half a million dollars worth of debt to now our net worth as of now of recording this is $245,000. So almost a quarter of a million dollars positive from six years ago used to be almost a half a million dollars negative. Um, that's crazy. It's it's 100% crazy. And yeah, we did sell three pieces of real estate, um, which was a blessing and a curse at the same time. And yes, my husband does have a great job. He works offshore. Um, and, you know, we're, we're very blessed, very blessed. Um, but I don't share the numbers and the, and, the, and the dates and the specifics to discourage you at all. And I, it's one of my pet peeves when I hear people say, well, I want a story that I can relate to, you know, well, what if I don't, I don't have three pieces of real estate to sell, you know, and they kind of get that attitude like, well, sorry, you're more privileged than me. Um, Yes and no. And, you know, we all have our own stories. And like I said, it was a blessing and a curse to have those pieces of real estate. Yes, we could turn around and resell them as to where if it would have been, you know, $68,000 of student loans instead of a $68,000 property. No, yeah, we couldn't turn around and resell that. And I get that. And I know that that's different circumstances for everyone. Um, But we all have our own cards that were dealt and we have to do what we can with what we're dealt. And I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was a blessing that we did have a lot of debt that we could turn around and sell and get out from under. But also we had those years of it being for sale. We had the payments that came with it. Um, We had the property taxes that came with it. We had the feeling of, oh God, what if (laughs) we can't sell this? What if we're stuck with this? What if, what if, what if? Um, You know, and also the fact that like we we knew we weren't going to make a profit. Should we pay towards the prince? You know, it was a whole thing. Um, And every everyone's timeline is different. Everyone's amounts are different. Everyone's income is different. And I don't want you to look to someone's story that 100% matches yours for inspiration because you're never going to find it. So what I want you to do is to find inspiration in my story, find inspiration in other people's stories. And any guests that I've ever had on the podcast, they share at least a little bit of their personal story of how they've gotten to where they are. And none of their stories are 100% match mine, but I have found inspiration in every single person's story. 
every single guest, every single person in the, in my Facebook community who shares their story, um, every single person that I've talked to in an email that shares their story with me, I still can find inspiration in their story. So please don't hear my story and think, well, this doesn't apply to me because I don't have real estate to sell. This doesn't apply to me because her husband has that job and that's just not how it is in my life, right? Please don't do that because you're selling yourself short and you are totally missing the whole point of this episode to just be real with you guys and just give you the real numbers, the real timeline, tell you that it wasn't easy, um, that it was really scary. It was a lot of leaps of faith. It was a lot of money. <laughs> and we have come so far in such a short amount of time. And that if we can do that, have a surprise pregnancy in the middle, have three pieces of real estate in like a terrible, terrible real estate market, you guys can do it. You guys can definitely do it. Whatever your story is, I know that you can do it. Okay? Whether you have twice as much debt as I do or half as much, or whatever your numbers are, whatever your timeline is, you can do it. You can definitely do it. I had no idea what I was doing when I first started. I was scared. I was desperate. I didn't know how to make a budget. I didn't have someone in my earbuds on a podcast telling me what to do, how to do it, giving me motivation. I didn't have that. I didn't have a budgeting worksheet set up for me that I could literally just plug my information into. I didn't. I had a piece of notebook paper and a pen and hope (laughs) and a calculator and crying babies in the background and I did my best with what I had. So I hope that this was helpful and motivating. Um, I really didn't think that it would take me an hour (laughs) to share all of it. So thank you guys. Those of you who are still listening, you're the real MVPs. Thank you for hanging out. Um, We have a lot of good episodes coming up. I have been outlining some topics. Um, I'm also taking suggestions for the next couple months. If you guys have some topics that you want me to cover, I would love to hear from you. So let me know, hit me up, email me, um, leave me a podcast review and tell me what you liked about this episode. Um, please tell me that I'm not crazy for sharing all these exact numbers. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for hanging out. All right. I'm going to let you guys go. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. 
All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.